This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-hosts and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. This is episode 109 of the show, and before we dig into this week's discussion, I wanted to say a special thank you to our supporters on Patreon who helped to make this show possible. If Sword of Awesome, the podcast, and the Sword of Awesome Hangout community on Facebook have had any kind of positive or awesome impact on your life, we would love to have your support. And to say thank you, we release exclusive episodes just for our supporters over on Patreon. So to find out more about how you can support the show through Patreon, go on over to sortaawesomeshow.com slash support. Well, today I'm joined by my dear friend and lovely co-host Rebecca Hoffer of simplyrebecca.com, and I'm so excited about this week's episode. One of our most popular episodes of Sword of Awesome for the whole year of 2017 was back in March in episode 91, Kelly and I got together and talked about awesome habits for a happy life. And you all, the awesomes, really loved that conversation about using habits to build a happier, more productive life. And so when we found this article over at Thrive Global that listed out 50 ways that happier, healthier, more successful people live life on their own terms, Rebecca and I thought it would be pretty fun to take up a few of these habits from happy and healthy people to see if it makes an awesome difference in our lives. So we're going to tell you all about the challenges that we took up here in just a few minutes. But Rebecca, hello and welcome. Welcome back from summer break. Hi, I am so happy to be here. <laughs> so glad you're here. Let's go ahead and start the show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. What do you have for us this week? Well, Meg, my awesome of the week is a feature on Facebook that I'm just suspecting might be underutilized by some people. Mm, it is okay. called Facebook Marketplace. Aha, yes. Have you used this at all? Okay, we've used it. I've used it one time when we got Zsa, Zsa our puppy. I needed to quickly find a bigger dog crate. I didn't realize how big of a crate I was going to need for a German Shepherd puppy. So I used the marketplace and found a crate for her. And it was so fast and easy. But tell me all about how you've been using it. Okay, so Facebook Marketplace is basically like Craigslist on Facebook. That's right. Yes. 
So this feature rolled out in October of 2017. So it's not quite a full year old yet. And I have been using it a lot. Previously, I was using like buy sell groups on Facebook. You might have one in your community that's like just for your town. You can join that one. And it would be a group where people can post things that they are looking for or things that they have for sale. And you might have one, like I was in one for like my town and like this neighboring town over here and this neighboring town over there. And you can be in several of them. But then if you want to post something, you would have to go to each one of those groups and post the item that you had for sale, upload the pictures, add the description, set your price, and then monitor all of the notifications that would come through from each of those different groups. Well, Facebook Marketplace simplifies that and streamlines that whole process. So it's something that comes on your phone. So in the bottom of your Facebook app now, it has a little window with an awning to kind of represent like a storefront, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so if you click on that, then you can search for anything that you're looking for, like your dog crate, and you can set your radius for like how many miles you're willing to travel to get it. And then it brings up all of the things that are for sale that meet your criteria from like all of the places. So basically, it eliminates that need to be in multiple groups. Yes. If that's making sense. Totally. It's even better, though, when you want to sell something, because when you want to sell something, you're given the option to post it in the marketplace, which is like one big general feed, you know, for like everybody. But then you can also say, I also wanted to show up in this group that I'm part of and this group that I'm part of. So it can show up in different places. Yes, that's so smart. So every time that I post something for sale, it's showing up in the general marketplace. And then I'm also part of two of these other groups. So then it automatically shows up there too. And then all my notifications, though, come under like the marketplace section of Facebook. And if I want to edit the post, if I want to change the cost, I can do that all through the marketplace. So I have been selling things now that I am, I feel like my family is complete mm-hmm. with the birth of my baby this past January. This is a big deal for me. You know, I've started to sell some things. I've started to sell my daughter's clothes that I have been saving, maternity items, some baby things that we're already done with. And I am making bank, Megan. And it nice. is so much fun. Yes. I love it. So the pros for this for me is that this is something that's super easy for me to do, like while I'm nursing my baby just lounging around rather than having like a big yard sale. It feels more manageable to me. Yes. Also, I think it's fun. So that's like a big thing. Like I feel like some people are leery of selling things online or on Facebook in general just because it's not worth my time to sell something for like $5 or $2. But for me, I think it's fun. So I like doing it. I always have people do porch pickup. So that means that I tell them my address and I say it will be sitting outside on my porch. You put the money in my mailbox. That way I don't have to see anybody. I don't have to leave my house. I'm not meeting anybody. I'm not much of a fearful person. So for me, this really works well for me. Yeah, totally. That's so great. I have not used it at all for selling, although that is a fantastic idea. And I really love how Facebook, I mean, okay, let's not kid ourselves. Facebook is not doing this to be like, altruistic. They want everyone to stay on Facebook at all times. So they're like, 
who needs Craigslist when you have Facebook Marketplace, right? Exactly. So on their end, they're like, let's just streamline your whole life so it exists on Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> but it really but, is handy yeah. because if I search for something, then Facebook will start like showing me and giving me some notifications and saying, oh, hey, you have an interest in furniture. Look, this person just posted this. Or you can go to like your main Marketplace like homepage and it will have a running feed of all of the things that are for sale and it, Facebook's algorithms are smart and shows you the things that they think that you would be interested yes. in. So here's yep. one pro tip that I have for you. The first okay. image that you upload is like what people will see if they're just scrolling through that first page of the marketplace. It doesn't have any words. It doesn't have any prices. And it's that main thing. So when I was selling some maternity clothes, I was getting, oh, it also shows you how many people view your item. So that's really interesting to see. I was getting no views on my maternity clothes. None. I'm like, well, people can't tell that it's maternity clothes. Like they're scrolling through and they think, oh, it's just like a woman's sweater. So what I did is I cropped an image of myself wearing that item, pregnant, ah, yes, from like my old photos, and then I uploaded that one as the first image so people can see, oh, this is maternity related. And then they click yes. on the post and then they can see all of the other clothing items that I have that I'm not modeling that are just laying on the floor. But it really started to draw people in and the views on those posts like skyrocketed. That is a great hack for using that. I never would have thought of that. That's so smart. So, Megan, what do you have for your Awesome of the Week? Okay. Well, my Awesome of the Week this week is school-related. It's back to school for lots of people who are getting ready to send your children back to school. My kids went back on August the 1st, and all four of my kids are in school. Our twins, our twin boys, our four-year-old boys, are in pre-K full day every day now. We have full day pre-K in Oklahoma, or at least our district does. I am not kidding you, Rebecca, when I say over the summer, I would lose sleep at night worrying about certain things about the boys going to school. Oh, I believe it. (laughs) I would be the same way. They're my little babies. They have some delays. They both have severe language impairment. One of them has fine motor skill delays. And one of the things I've been stressing out about is the lunch situation. We try to avoid gluten for them. It messes up their tummies. So I knew I'd be packing their lunches. And the great thing is there's only like 12 kids in each class. And the helper teacher in their classroom takes all of the kids to lunch and kind of goes through. And any kids that bring their lunch, they help them open the packages. But because the boys are really pretty nonverbal, I was like so stressed and so worried. Like, how are they going to do their lunches? What if they need help with their string cheese and nobody helps them open it? Oh, <laughs> Megan, Again, that would totally my be little me. babies. I know. <laughs> I'm sad for you. Well, no need to be sad because I found the best lunchbox solution for little kids. Now, this is probably not something you would need for an older elementary kid, certainly not for, you know, middle school or whatever. And Kelly has shared some of her favorite ones. We'll try to pull up some links and throw those in because Kelly has a great solution for older kids. But for little ones, toddlers, preschoolers who need to have all of their lunch contained in one thing, I have found the best one. I did a ton of research over the summer, you guys. So I can tell you best lunchbox solution for little kids. It's by a company called Bento and it's a Bento style lunchbox for little ones and it's completely leak proof oh see that's what i need you can pack applesauce in it and it's not gonna get mm -hmm. everywhere 
Yes, you can pack applesauce, you can pack any like ketchup, any kind of dipping sauce. Again, since the boys don't eat gluten, they don't eat sandwiches. So for some lunches, I'll send like apples with peanut butter to dip in. The peanut butter all stays in one little compartment. I was skeptical. These are not cheap, okay? The lunch boxes themselves on Amazon are $28. So this is more than I've ever spent on a lunchbox for any of my children. And I had to buy two of them. So I was skeptical, but I read the reviews. It has four and a half star rating, over 2,000 reviews on Amazon. So I was like, okay, I trust the mama masses that these are legit leak proof. And they really are. There's something about the design, the way the lid closes and it latches with just two latches. And it really keeps everything in its compartment until they open the lunchbox. And it's so great. So I can go ahead and open up their string cheese and cut it down into little bite-sized pieces or whatever. I've put fruit in there. I mean, anything that you can think of to build a great filling gluten-free lunch for your kids. I have done so far. The boys love to have gluten-free mac and cheese. So I've just been putting that in there. Of course, it's probably room temperature by the time they eat it, but they're fine. They're not that picky about that. It has been a lifesaver. I love this lunchbox. It really is leak-proof. And I think for the teachers, it's helpful just to have those two latches. They open it up and then they can just eat their lunch. Now, I was a little worried about the bigger lunch container to send it in. Okay, that was what I was going to ask. Like, what do you actually send it in? Do you send it standalone or you put it in like a lunch bag type thing. Yes. Okay. So I put it in a lunch bag. Now, if your kids are like at a mother's day out or some, like if they're like little, maybe even at daycare, you could send this standalone if you wanted to, if your kid has like a little lunch cubby or something. I wanted again to keep this easy for the boys and easy for their teachers. So I went ahead and bought some insulated lunch bags. Again, found them on Amazon by a company called Bentology. Again, I read through all of those Amazon reviews to figure out, okay, what bag is going to work? Got these They're really durable, which for four-year-old boys is perfect. I'll put links in the show notes to both of these things so you guys can check them out. The insulated lunch bags were 13 each. So, Rebecca, this, I mean, when you add it up, I spent over $80. No, you didn't. (laughs) No, you didn't. Let's pretend that you didn't. (laughs) But listen, here's, here's how, I mean, that was a lot. That was a lot to invest. But when I broke it down, the boys go to school for 10 months out of the year. So $80. 10 months out of the year, it breaks down to $8 a month for a lunch solution that allows me to sleep a little bit better at night, gives me the mama peace of mind that I need. Which needed. is priceless. <laughs> it really is. Okay. It really Another is. Another question. Yeah. Do you send an ice pack in with the insulated lunch bag? It depends on what I am sending that day. If there's something that needs to be cooled, yes, I'll stick a little ice pack in the insulated bag. But some days I don't. Some days it's just, they just eat at room temp and they're fine. I mean, they eat lunch at 1045 and they get to school at eight. So it's like, mm. <laughs> not that much time has gone by. <laughs> okay. And so you really can like tip it up. And like carry it by you the handle and like all those things. Yes. And it really is okay. It really is. Okay, that's good to know. Yes. I feel like I'm still exploring and just to be mm-hmm. my toe in the pool of like the lunchbox arena. And so I'm always, always all ears for a good lunchbox solution. It really has been fantastic. So those are our awesomes of the week. One of the things that we love so much in our sort of awesome hangout group on Facebook is our weekly thread where everybody shares their awesome of the week. If you haven't already, we'd love to have you join us over in the hangout group. It's facebook.com slash groups slash sort of awesome hangout.
Here on Sorta Awesome, we are all about celebrating the awesome of the everyday, including every long, lazy day of summer. You know, those days we imagine are going to be totally laid back with nothing on the schedule, and then we snap back to the reality and remember summer is just as hectic as every other season of the year. That's why I'm so glad I have Sunbasket. Sunbasket makes it easy to cook delicious, seasonal, nutritious meals even on the busiest of days. I love that Sunbasket sends organic, non-GMO ingredients pre-measured and ready to go. So there's no digging around for recipes, no last minute grocery store runs, and I can have dinner ready for my family in less than 30 minutes. They have meals for every lifestyle, paleo, gluten-free, lean and clean, vegetarian, all created by an award-winning chef approved by nutritionists. Sunbasket meals are quick and delicious, and we can all find time for that. Go to sunbasket.com slash sorta today and get 50% off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash sorta to get 50% off your first order at sunbasket.com slash sorta. Okay, Rebecca, I cannot wait to hear some of your thoughts on these 50 ways that people who are happier, healthier, more successful than us... Our living life. And we read through this list and we talked about, okay, what are some cool challenges that we could try? Let's give ourselves some time to try some of these out. But I know when I first read through this list, there are things that stood out to me that I was like, oh, I will never do that. I will never, ever, ever do, you know, this item or that. So I was wondering if you had any on the list that stood out to you that you're like, um, no, that's a hard pass for me. Okay, so the number one item for me that was on that list, I'm like, um, no, that's stop consuming refined sugar. Yes. Now, I know that, like, sugar is of the devil, and I'm not supposed to ever have any, but I also know Oreos, so it's just not going to happen in my life. As much as I want to be that healthy, amazing, successful, apparently, person, I just can't. Chocolate? Come on. I just can't. I just can't. I was thinking about that one for you with both the Oreos and also Dairy Queen blizzards. Oh, right? my word. Yes. <laughs> Pumpkin pie blizzards are almost here, folks. <laughs> this is a really big deal. Yeah. No, yes. I just can't. I mean, moderation. I should get it under control, but like I can't stop altogether. I just can't. Yeah, I know. I get it. Well, listen, the number one thing on my list of things I would never try is also the first item on this list of 50 things, and that is stop consuming caffeine. Oh my gosh. I would like rather take an ice bath on a winter morning (laughs) than to give up my precious first cup of coffee in the morning. Now, for whatever it's worth, I don't know if this counts for anything. I really have cut way, way, way back on the amount of coffee that I drink during the day. I really am down to one cup of coffee in the morning and maybe a Diet Coke or two throughout the day. But I've cut down, but I cannot imagine ever cutting it completely out. I did. Did you really? Not for this, not for this experiment, but I have in the past and I really missed the routine of it and the flavor yes. of it, mm. I, I had a harder time with the withdrawal symptoms than what I thought I would because I was only drinking one cup a day. I didn't think it was going to be that big a deal. For a week, it was a very big deal. But then after that, it was like the sentiment of it that I really mm. missed. Right. Yes, I know. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. Truly, the first cup of coffee is such a part of our routine and ritual. It's literally the first thing I do in the morning is get up. We use a French press coffee maker, so I get up and boil water and grind the beans and the whole thing of it. And then drinking coffee in the morning with Kyle, it's really a big part of our day. So yeah. And then people are like, well, you could switch to decaf. And I'm just like, what's the point even? So yeah, that is definitely not going to happen. 
Did you have others that stood out to you that you're like, no thanks? Well, the other two that I, yeah, mm, well, I mean, there's several that I was like, eh, I'm not going to do that. But fasting from all food and caloric beverages 24 hours once per week is also on the list. Yeah, and that was mine too, my number two as well. Yeah, I believe in fasting. I've done fasting as a religious practice in the past, but ah, I just can't. I mean, okay, I'm breastfeeding. I just can't. And it's, uh, yeah, I just can't do it that often. <laughs> I just don't yes. think I can. And yes. then also buying a juicer and juicing a few times a week. Again, <laughs> something that sounds like amazing, but that just seems like too much of a luxury for me. And I always think that's like so expensive to like, yes, you go through like produce so fast that way. Right. Yes, definitely. Well, I'm the same as you, except I'm not breastfeeding right now or probably ever again. <laughs> but the fasting thing is just not going to work for me. I have crazy blood sugar issues and it's just not a doable thing for me. Although I do, I mean, I do, like you said, it is definitely a part of lots of religious practices from all different religions across the world. There's something very clarifying about it. I totally get it in principle. It's just not ever going to be one that I can really try out. What did you think about number 42 on the list, which was have no more than three items on your to-do list each day? Uh, okay. Um, (laughs) in theory, like that sounds good. So they probably mean like your three like big ticket items. Like I'm going to, I don't know, complete this project or organize this space or run this specific errand. They can't possibly mean I'm going to load and empty the dishwasher and make the bed and feed my kids and throw in a load of laundry and clean up all the living toys. Like, that can't possibly be what they mean, right? I think so, because it talks about each of these items on these lists have a paragraph or two of explanation about what the experts say about all of these different items. And so the explanation for having no more than three items on your to-do list each day was kind of this idea that instead of trying to do a million small things, really focus in on one or two things that would make a really big impact on your productivity for the day. So I think some of these you can tell as you're reading through are really like almost like workplace productivity minded, but that's a principle that could apply to a lot of things. But I honestly feel like I have more than three things on my daily to-do list before breakfast, truly, like in terms of like, these are the important things that have to happen for us to all get up and get out the door for school and to start the day off. So I understand the principle and I really have been trying to kind of be more mindful. In fact, I've talked about in the past during survival mode, how important it is to have like sort of three major things that you focus in on, that you can feel so accomplished at the end of the day if you get through. So I get it, but that one still feels a little intimidating to me to try to narrow it down. Maybe we P-types have a really hard time with <laughs> with ruling out the other possibilities. That's for sure. So as we are reading through this list, some of these really stood out to me like, oh my gosh, I totally already do that. And I was feeling really good. Yes, I do some of these things. Meg, we do some of these things. We apparently are in that happy, successful people category because we are totally doing some of this. You and I, we both married someone that we love. That's on the list. (laughs) It is on the list. Cross that one off. That feels good. (laughs) Yes. What else do you have that you're doing? Okay. So one of them is, this was um, item number 17 on the list. Say thank you every time you're served by someone. And I was like, well, of course, what 
kind of monster doesn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if it's the product, you know, different families of origin have different emphasis on manners and good habits built on manners. But I can't imagine, I mean, regardless of whether I'm, you know, paying for something at a gas station or being served in a restaurant or whatever the thing is, it's very much second nature to say thank you and acknowledge you know, with gratitude, somebody helping you out with something. Of course, yes. So that was definitely on my list. Well, another one that stood out for me was give at least one guilt-free hour to relaxation per day. That's so good that you do that. I struggle here, Rebecca. Tell me about this in your life. Well, in the past, I would use nap time and quiet time as me time. I decided It was worth it to me and my mental sanity, all of that, to not use that time to plow through trying to get everything, absolutely everything accomplished that I needed to get done that day, but just to relax and recharge. Now, since having Isaac, my kids' quiet times and his nap times are not always lining up quite so well. So that's not happening for me as much during the day as I would like. But usually at night, I just need some of that wind-down time. So after everybody has finally settled in for the night, I will totally just zonk out and have me time. And yeah, I don't feel a lick of guilt about that at all. I like that. I really struggle with the guilt-free part of it. I just feel like all I can see are the little things around me that I should be doing. So I need to work on that. That wasn't one of my challenge ones that I took up for this, but I think I need to challenge myself with that in the future for sure. So, okay, here's one that I have recently started working on, and it really does make a difference. Item number 32 on this list was drink 64 to 100 ounces of water a day. Now, Rebecca, you may very well be doing this right now because of your breastfeeding. And of course, that's a time when you got to stay hydrated. Well, you know, I was thinking about that one and I just haven't done the math. I haven't really been tracking how much water I drink, but it's possible that I drink that much. I just don't, I can't back that up with tracked facts (laughs) at this point. I get it. Well, I found we started getting like 20, they're like almost 24 ounce water bottles. And I'm like, if I just drink three of these a day, for some reason, that makes it so much more manageable. So I'm getting over 70 ounces of water a day. I know everybody, like every health expert is always talking about drink more water, drink more water. We're not hydrated enough. And it's one of those things where you're like, ah, how much of a difference can it make? But it really does. I feel like it's making a difference in my skin. I feel like it's making a difference in helping me moderate my hunger levels. Like a lot of the times when I thought I was hungry, as it turns out, I was just thirsty. So it's been a really good thing. I've probably been doing that since last spring. And it really is making a difference. So 64 to 100 ounces of water a day, I can testify to how that helps. So another one that I already do from the list that I think is going to be a bit controversial is stop consuming the news or reading the newspaper. Yes, (laughs) I know it is controversial, but I had this on my list, too. I'm right there with you in it. There are going to be so many people who are up in arms about that and be like, no, you need to be educated about what is happening in the world. And I feel that way. I have guilt over this. That's why I was so excited when way back when you introduced the skim, which is a email newsletter that's sent out five days a week that has like highlights of the news from the previous day. I was really excited to get that. I signed up. I started reading it over my morning cup of coffee every day Mm -hmm. with breakfast. And Mm -hmm. I felt so like educated and almost like posh. Like, look at me reading the news. No one was going on. 
And I would yes. bring up things to my husband about, because they would sometimes have like a sports section. I'd be like, did you know? Yada, 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 yada. And he's like looking at me like, how did you know that? <laughs> Where did you hear that? <laughs> I'd be like, I read it in the skim. Um, That's right. Yes. But I stopped reading the skim. I still get the emails and I delete every single one each morning. <laughs> definitely eliminated the news <laughs> from your life at this point. <laughs> I mean, I know of things that happen. Like, the, I figure the big things will find their way to yes. me. Yes. You and know what? Yeah. Watching the news, the nightly news, was always a ritual that my parents had mm. every evening. I can't watch the nightly news with my children. Like, I feel like it's not, like, family friendly. I mean, the yeah. world is not always family friendly. So I'm just crankier when I read about all the negativity that's in the news. Well, I do enjoy the skim. I don't always get to it every day because one thing I've tried to start doing is not checking my email first thing in the morning. So sometimes I just kind of forget to get to it. But a couple of ways that you can also quickly get a sense of what's going on without going into a stressful, anxiety-filled place is you can either go to news.google.com, which it's just an aggregation of news headlines. And you can, I mean, you can click and read the full stories if you want, but you can kind of get an overview. Like these are the things going on. I talked about this website too, several months back on the show, and that's allsides.com. And if a thing is happening that's in the news and you want to hear different perspectives about it, what I love that All Sides does is gives you media from both the left side of the politics here in the United States, from the right side and from more centrist minded news outlets. And you can, again, you can kind of just read through headlines and get a sense of like how different camps of politically minded people are reacting to things in our country and in around the world. So even if you want to cut just way back on the amount of news that you're consuming in your life, those are a couple of options that you can pursue. So yeah, here's one that I wanted to mention that I was so proud of myself that this made the list. It's number 43 on this list of 50. And that is make your bed first thing in the morning. And I was so excited to see this on the list. Rebecca, you look skeptical. Well, <laughs> there are people who are just like fanatics about making yes, the bed that's first me. thing in the morning. Yeah, that's me. I, like, I don't get it. I mean, I do it because it makes my husband happy. And I always feel like when he comes home at the end of the day and the bed's not made, I kind of feel like he's probably rolling his eyes. Like it takes you like <laughs> 10 seconds to make the bed. You didn't, you couldn't find 10 seconds to make the bed. So I do it, but I do it for him. I, I walk into the room and my bed's not made and I'm like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. You know, if you've ever tried the fly lady system of home care, she has, you know, specific routines that you do. Her big thing is clean the sink, like daily clean the sink and do all of that. My clean the sink is not cleaning the sink, although I don't like to have dishes in the sink. But my main thing is making the bed first thing in the morning. So I feel like Nate and I are totally on the same page in the importance of a made bed. And the evidence, the scientific research backs up that people who make their bed in the morning are happier, are more successful. 71% of bed makers consider themselves happy. 62% of non-bed makers are unhappy. Bed makers are more likely to like their jobs, to own homes, to exercise and feel well rested. So the research is there that this is a great habit to build into your life. I cannot tell you. When I read this, I was like, oh, one thing in my life that I've done for decades is actually good and productive. <laughs> can you feel the eye rolls happening over here? I, mean, I can, come I can feel the vibe and I can... 
physically see you rolling your eyes. <laughs> oh, brother. So, Awesomes, I have to tell you that I have found a fantastic solution to a long-time problem in our family. Maybe it's a problem you can identify with. Finding snacks to take on the go that are not packed with sugar or sodium or other ingredients that I cannot even pronounce, it has been such a challenge, especially when I need something that can go with us that doesn't have to go in a cooler or have to have an ice pack to keep it cool all day. And that's why I am loving a discovery in our house, the incredibly awesome 100% fruit bars from That's It. When I opened our first few boxes of That's It bars, none of us could believe that the only ingredient in these bars is fruit. It's amazing and it's true. It's all the tasty goodness of 100% real fruit and nothing else in one very neat little package. They are so great to throw in your purse, throw in your kid's backpack, pack in your pool bag, wherever you need to take healthy snacking on the go. The bars have no added sugar. They are a great source of fiber. They're non-GMO. There's no preservatives, no fat. They're gluten-free. They're kosher and they're vegan. Because of all of that, they're actually also really great to send to allergy-sensitive classrooms at school. Because if a kid can eat real fruit, they can eat That's It bars. Another awesome thing about That's It bars is that they are super easy to find. You can pick them up at Whole Foods or Starbucks, CVS. You can even order them directly from that'sitfruit.com and you can enter code AWESOME to get 10% off of your order. Trust me, that is so much easier than slicing up a whole mango. So again, look for That's It at your local Whole Foods, Starbucks, or CVS, or go to that'sitfruit.com and use code AWESOME at checkout for 10% off. I hope you'll love the 100% real fruit and nothing else bars from That's It as much as we have. We have all of this information about That's It bars in today's show notes. Back to the show. Okay, well, let's dig into the habits and practices that we actually tried, things that we had not been doing. We thought we'd do some little experiments and see, hey, what happens if we try out some of these things that people that are happy and healthy and successful do? So I can't wait to hear about the ones that you picked. What was the first one on your list that you tried? I tried number 34, which is check your email and social media at least 60 to 90 minutes after you wake up. Good, good. Yes. So in today's age, with the smartphones beside the bed, using them as alarm clocks, I definitely have gotten into that habit of waking up to my phone and then rolling over and browsing through my notifications I've received, not necessarily scrolling like all the way through Facebook, but just looking to see, oh, well, what notifications popped up throughout the night? I really like doing that. (laughs) Yes, it's so nice, isn't it? Well, I like waking up slowly. I think that's the thing is... The ideal way for me to wake up is to wake up on my own without a child inspiring (laughs) to wake up. (laughs) Definitely. Yes. 100% agree. And then to stay awake in my bed for like 30 minutes before I get up like at all. Like I just love a slow wake up. So starting to like check my phone now that I have a smartphone, you know, that just became like a natural habit, you know, getting waking up and like reading in bed. Oh, that just sounds like so heavenly. Like I just love the slow wake up process. So when I gave this up of checking my email and my social media, I was like, 
ah, like I miss it. Like I want to lay here longer. <laughs> I want an excuse to lay here. But so I did this for a week. Okay. So there were some days when I actually needed to get out of bed and like get moving. We're in summer mode still, but I had some things scheduled. I had to get up and go. So I found that I got out of bed faster, which is Ooh, yeah. good because I tend to get lost in time and think that Things will never take me as long as they do. And I can always accomplish yes. more in like five minutes than what I can actually accomplish. <laughs> yes, yes, So I'm yes. constantly running late or feeling like frantic. Ah, I should have like been moving when instead I was like laying in bed scrolling through Instagram. <laughs> so that was definitely a positive. Now, the whole premise behind this idea of not checking your email and social media is this idea that you are starting your day by reacting to other people that have mm-hmm. sent things to you. Yes. I see this as a problem more for somebody who is in, you know, the business world or the traditional workplace than perhaps for myself. So if you're somebody who's like managing people and, you know, you have big projects that keep getting pushed to the back burner because people keep coming to you with a crisis, this would really work for you. For me, I don't really think it's so necessary because there are other things that are causing me to react in the morning besides my Facebook notifications. Right. My child screaming, a diaper explosion, a wet bed. While I was doing this challenge, somebody knocked on my door and came to my door that I like had to answer while I was awake, but I was still in bed. (laughs) And I got up to somebody at my door, you know, and that didn't put me in a super good mood. (laughs) So I already am reacting to things. Usually I'm not receiving emails that are causing angst for me in the morning and like throwing Mm -hmm. off the whole rest of my day. Now, I will say. That, you know, I had experienced a miscarriage last year, and on the day that would have been my due date, I woke up to notifications from two people on my phone announcing births, and that was an extremely hard way for me Uh, to start that day. Yes. But that's such a rare circumstance. Sure, sure. So as a whole, I can see how this is beneficial for some people, but for me, it's going to be a no. I don't need to look at it very first thing, open my eyes, but I like sitting down with that cup of coffee and scrolling through my email and listening to Voxer messages while I'm having breakfast. I really missed it a lot. That's interesting. Well, I'm glad that you tried it and you found out it doesn't necessarily work for you, but now you can kind of see what people are talking about when they talk about how important that is. So, yes. All right. Well, the first one that I tried is kind of reviving an old habit from when I was younger, something I've done through the years. And that's number four on their list. It says, write in your journal five minutes a day. So from the time, my gosh, I was in elementary school, I think when I started my first journal, probably third or fourth grade. I've been a sporadic journaler throughout life. But the interesting thing is the main thrust of this particular habit is to keep it limited to five minutes a day or less. In fact, Greg McCowan, who wrote the book Essentialism, which I read over the summer, talks about this specifically, that in your journaling, you should write less than you want to. Oh, that's it's his advice. Yes. Because what will happen is people get all inspired and all like, oh, I'm going to keep a journal. And then they're writing like paragraphs and paragraphs. And it's taking so much time that guess what? They get burned out on it. And then they drop the habit or they drop the practice of it. So I was like, oh my gosh, I've never been a 
brief journaler before. I have a lot of words about everything. Is this going to work? So it's really funny because we started this challenge as I was reading that part of essentialism. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. So I got out my handy, my trusty nomadic planner, which I love because it's my daily planner. Also has a section in the back for bullet journaling. So I started a section in my bullet journal for daily short journal entries. And I will tell you, Rebecca, it has made a huge difference. It has really helped me. You know, people journal for all different kinds of reasons. And one of the things that I just wanted to do is have a place where I could just kind of tuck away my feelings about the day. I've noticed that when I don't have an outlet for kind of processing, you know, what I've thought and felt during the day, that it tends to build up and build up and build up. And then I'm expressing some of the stuff in unhealthy ways. And so Just taking five minutes a day, really thinking about it and including the thinking time in that five minutes, thinking about the day, thinking about what I want to capture, what was the essence of that day, and then just jotting down a few sentences per day. This has been revolutionary to me. And I think that the freedom of being like, you cannot write more than five minutes and you really need to keep it less than you want to write has been really profound. And now I'm really looking forward to having this that I've tucked away in my bullet journal that I can look back on, you know, months down the road or who even knows, maybe years down the road and kind of recapture where I was in this moment in time. I have not kept a journal or diary in like years, like so long that like the last one probably was a diary, you know, (laughs) like that. Yes. More of like a daily record of, "Hmm, I saw so-and-so at his locker today and I loved that blue shirt. You know, it's been like a long time. I think the last journal that I kept was probably a travel journal, which I always, whenever I go on like a major, like international trip, I usually try to have a travel journal, but I have not journaled like just my everyday life in forever. Yeah, well, I highly recommend the idea of don't make it a big production. Keep it short, keep a short little record of the day, and you might be surprised that you might enjoy it again. So, all right, what was next on your list of experiments that you tried? So number 15, replay. Oh. <laughs> <Go What? ahead. laughs> I did this one too. You did? <laughs> yeah. No, I want to, let's talk about it. Okay. So number 15 is. Okay. So number 15, replace warm showers with cold ones. That's right. Yes. So to quote the article, it said, cold water immersion radically facilitates physical and mental wellness. When practiced regularly, it provides long lasting changes to your body's immune lymphatic, circulatory, and digestive systems that improve your quality of life. It can also increase weight loss because it boosts your metabolism. Now, who does not want that? Like, yes, everybody (laughs) wants that, except it's cold showers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, did you take their tip to start with lukewarm water and then adjust it and make it colder from there? Yes, so the article does say, you know, if you're new to this, you know, shower like normal or use lukewarm and then for just the last 60 to 90 seconds turn it to cold water so I did that so the very first time I'm in the shower I'm like okay I'm gonna shower like normal okay here I am ready for the cold and I like blasted it all the way to the cold and I was like whoa (laughs) I need to pull back and I like frantically was reaching (laughs) for the faucet I'm like let's dial this back that's too cold I cannot do it Yes. So then the next showers, I was much more gradual and slow going with the coldness of the shower. So I would get out of the shower faster. I wasn't lingering in the shower, but was I feeling dramatic weight loss or like my circulatory (laughs) system was just like so living its best life? (laughs) No, no, I was not. 
<laughs> I, I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> okay, I had the opposite experience. Now, oh, again, again, I did the thing where I would start out with pretty lukewarm water and just make it colder and colder from there. Rebecca, I don't know what's wrong with my brain, but I'm like addicted to it now. Now, I will say, obviously, we're trying this in the summer. Yes. And so I don't know if this is a practice I would carry on through the winter because I have extreme aversion to coldness, just the cold sensation in the winter. But here in the, you know, hot and humid state of Oklahoma, it has been a really exhilarating way to start the day. And I kind of, I'm like, I don't know, I'm looking forward to the charge of it. So I've kept it up. I'm disgusted. (laughs) I also thought, hey, this is great. It's summer. It's hot. There's some days where I'm just like, oh, like just drenching from the humidity. This is going to be fantastic. It was not fantastic. I did not like it. (laughs) And maybe part of it is, okay, so I have a baby and I have very few moments where I'm like, alone or where I'm not being touched. And I feel like taking a shower is one of those luxury moments where I'm focusing just all in on me. My mind is already going to all those inspired places because, oh my goodness, like solitude and quiet. You know, I don't listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts. I don't listen to anything when I'm in the shower. It's just me and my thoughts. And it's like the only time of day where it is just me and my thoughts. So I'm already like amped up and, you know, flowing with ideas. I don't need to be cold while I'm doing that. I just don't. It's definitely distracting. And I think that that is a very good point. A lot of people really look forward to shower time as a time to process thoughts. A lot of creativity happens. And standing in cold water, to me, it's distracting to the point where I'm like not processing a lot of creativity. I'm thinking about let's get this going and get out of here. So (laughs) I could definitely see that. Yeah, so I'm not going to be keeping that one up. I get it. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, what's another one that you experimented with? Okay, so the final one that I did was number two, which is pray or meditate morning, midday, and night. So as part of my Christian faith, prayer is a huge part of that for my belief system. But Meg, I haven't been... Okay, the cliche term is, you know, my prayer life, as they say. <laughs> yes, such the, Christianese right now, yes. <laughs> the, my prayer life just isn't how I would like it to be. It's not where it should be. But that's the honest to goodness truth is prayer is important to me. It's something that I really believe in strongly. I believe for more Christianese, I believe in the power of prayer, but I truly do. Yet there have been times where I have looked back on my week and realized that I have been praying for Isaac, my baby, to sleep (laughs) more than I've prayed for maybe anything else happening in my week, more than I've been sending out thankfulness and gratitude for the blessings that I have, more than I have been praying for specific needs of my children or just, you know, praying for patience. I have just prayed that that little baby will just stay asleep. And that doesn't sit well with me. And so when I saw this one of praying morning, midday, and night, I thought this is a specific challenge that I actually really need in my life to jumpstart something that I already strongly believe in and already believe that I need in my life, but I have been slacking on. And I am pleased to announce that I've had good results from it, that I feel really good about it, that once I started being more conscious, it's one of those things that when you do it a little bit, then you end up doing it more. It just like builds on itself. And that's something that I have really needed, especially in this stage of my life of feeling exhausted and tired with kids. And I loved it. I had one day where I will admit that I kind of lost my mind a little bit. 
And I, <laughs> I reacted to some negative behavior in my house in a way that wasn't appropriate. It didn't match the misdemeanor that happened in my, in my life. Like, the kids were not being that bad. Like, I just kind of flew off the handle. And I was so frustrated with myself. I'm like, I'm praying more. <laughs> I'm more spiritual this week. I should not be experiencing tantrums like this. Yeah. But, you know, I think that can be the times when you're like seeking to be more spiritual and seeking to do more good and be more with the Lord. I think those are the times when you can be really tested. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I claimed that in that moment. I was like, hey, OK, no, this is not me. This is not how I should be responding. I need to apologize, which I did. I apologized to my children. I apologized to the child that I lashed out at, to the child that witnessed it. I sent a text message to Nate and apologized to him. I said, I did not respond as you would want the mother of your children to respond today. And I feel like I was able to reverse it and get back on track, perhaps much faster and effectively than if I hadn't been doing my practice of praying three times a day or more from this challenge. Yeah, it sounds like this has had a really big impact. I'm just sitting here so appreciating your honesty and talking about it because that's definitely, I mean, it's such a personal thing. So that's so good. Did you set up like alarms or any kind of like reminder or? Okay, so I thought about it and I was going to, and then I never did. And I don't know (laughs) why I did. (laughs) I don't know why I didn't other than that's a very classic Rebecca move to think that I should do something (laughs) Yes. To say, yes, that's a good idea, and then just not to follow through on it. Yes. Moving forward, I might. See, this is something dumb. Is like I kept finding myself like rethinking about it, and so I was like, oh, well, I don't need to like set up an alarm because I'm thinking about it. It's like 10 o'clock. Okay, well, at like midday, I'm supposed to pray. And I'd be like, okay, so I'll have to remember to pray later. <laughs> yes. When maybe yeah. I should have just like just prayed then and yes. not been like, oh, yeah, in a couple hours. It's not actually midday now. Oh, I get so lost in the technicalities of things at times. It's sure. it's ridiculous. But I think I might like moving forward to help me continue it because this is something that I want to keep up. So to continue it, I think I will set reminders on my phone. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. You can use reminders for all kinds of things. So oh, most definitely. Good stuff. What else did you try? Okay, so the last one I tried is a pretty simple one. This is not going to be like a huge revelation for anyone. I think we all know this, but I actually implemented it. And it was number 41 on the list. Track at least one habit or behavior that you're trying to improve. Which again, this is like every productivity book ever talks about the importance of tracking what you're working on. Well, here's what I decided to track. I have been working with a nutritionist for a couple of months, just looking at some different things that have to do with what I'm eating and how I'm feeling. And One of the things that she wants me to do is to eat more vegetables. I've talked about this and I've done a few Instagram stories talking about my quest to eat more vegetables because this does not come naturally to me. (laughs) And so, and she's a vegetarian. She knows I'm not, but you know, she like the idea of just eating more vegetables just seems kind of comes easily to her, but it does it to me. So anyway, she had me doing a food journal where I would just keep track of what I was eating. I was doing it pen and paper style. I kept losing it. I was very hit and miss and very half-hearted about it. And she was like, well, why don't you try using the MyFitnessPal app and we can become friends on there. And then I can kind of just check in with you about your food journals. And I was like, okay. So I've used MyFitnessPal in the past. I haven't used it for a long time, but I put it back on my phone and started tracking, especially making sure I was getting in vegetables because she wants me eating them at every meal. And so... 
I will be dadgummed, but what? That doesn't actually work. (laughs) You know, I'm very much in Gretchen Rubin's kind of temperament system. She talks about whether you're a questioner or a rebel. Well, I'm an obliger, which means if I have an outside source that I know is going to be checking on me or that I'm trying to do something for, that that's my strongest motivation. So I think this is why this has been such a helpful tracking habit for me is knowing that my nutritionist was going to be checking in to see how my food journaling is going. So I've been doing that. I have sauteed spinach at breakfast every morning. I've been eating sweet potatoes and also roasted beets and roasted carrots and zucchini fritters and all kinds of interesting vegetable preparations at lunch. And of course, we've always had them with dinner. That part wasn't hard, but truly the practice of entering in my food, tracking how I'm doing on eating nutritious, whole, healthy foods with lots of veggies to fill my plate has made a profound difference in how I feel. I just can't believe I mean, we all know this. This, Again, this is not rocket science. We all know that what we eat makes a difference in how we feel. But it has been going so well. And I told her, and truthfully, one of the reasons I was really resistant to doing this is years and years and years ago, when I was in my 20s, I did a very nationally well-known weight loss program where I had to keep track of my food during the day. And my mind went to a really crazy place with it. Like I was obsessed with what I was eating and how much was in my sort of food allowance for the day to eat for every meal. I would like plan out each meal and obsess over. And if we ever went out to eat or I had to grab fast food for some reason, I would just like mentally spin out because I was so consumed with thinking about food. And I was so afraid that was going to happen again. But I don't know, something, maybe I'm older, maybe I, I don't know what the reason is. But for some reason, really just keeping track of how much good nutritious food I'm getting every day. I haven't obsessed over it. It's been actually a lot of fun. So are you keeping track of portions and counting the calories also or just simply logging in? I eat carrots with my sandwich. Right. Well, the way my fitness pal is set up is it will, I mean, it kind of makes you track calories and stuff, but we talked about it. My nutritionist and I talked about it and she's like, don't even worry about any of that. Just put in your numbers and it's going to say what it's going to say. And we'll just look at what you're eating. But I kind of found like, as I was doing this, I was like, I'm just curious how many calories are in this thing. And so I've been more mindful about it. That's not the purpose in why I'm using it, but it has really helped me to be like, huh, well, that's super interesting. I didn't realize that a couple of spoonfuls of peanut butter had that many calories. (laughs) And then when you add chocolate chips on that, it's even more calories. <laughs> okay, so you're also tracking like snacks. It's not just... Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're looking at your food intake as a whole, not just yes. more vegetables at each meal. As a whole, right. you're looking at everything with your nutritionist. Right, 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 right. And yes, but the thing that I wanted to track as part of this experiment for this episode was the veggies thing. And yep, I'll tell you what, it really does make a difference. You really can improve that habit when you have a system and especially a system that works. And since I have my phone with me throughout the day, it's been super easy to do that. And I don't lose, you know, like the pieces of scratch paper that I was writing right. down. <laughs> and then the added step of like typing it up and emailing it to her, this is just so much easier. So it's a system that works and it really has been helping me to track this. So So is there anything else that you think that you're going to start tracking? Hmm, That is a good question. Now that the twins are in school, so I have all four kids in school, I'm really working a lot more, working on the podcast, working on the behind the scenes stuff for the podcast. So interestingly, Rebecca, I found in the first week after the kids were back at school, I'm like sitting down and working at a computer for hours a day, which I haven't done like ever. (laughs) Even when I was teaching, you know, I'd be at my computer a little bit, but I was up and lecturing and walking around and stuff. I haven't really sat in a chair to work 
forever and my back started hurting. Oh no. <laughs> I was like, hello, 40. Yes. <laughs> I have back pain from sitting in a chair. So I'm going to try to start doing some daily movement breaks. You know, our friend of the show, very dear friend of the show, Jen Hoffman of Healthy Moving has lots of little movement breaks that you can do throughout the day, particularly if you are in an office or seated at a desk throughout the day. So I'm going to start tracking that and implementing that so that I'm getting up and moving and doing stuff and not just, you know, being plugged into my computer all day. So yeah, that's what I'm going to try. That's fantastic. Well, you know, the app TimeHop, that keeps track of how many days in a row you visit. (laughs) Yes. And I have an amazing number on my (laughs) TimeHop. You know what? I had a tremendous streak going until I went to Lebanon last fall. And then just like with the time change and the busyness of that trip, I broke my habit. And then I took time off off of my phone. (laughs) Because you were so upset over the lost streak? Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) Isn't that the dumbest thing ever? (laughs) No, well, maybe, but no, because I also had a really good streak and then something happened and I like got mad at my time hop. I was like, no, I did not miss a day. What are you talking about? How did I miss a day? <laughs> it's funny the things that again. we could get hung up on. So these were just some of the experiments that we tried. But of course, we will put a link to this article from Thrive Global in the show notes in the show description. So you guys can go check it out. Like we said, there's 50 things on this list. You may very well find that there are things that you're already doing that are so awesome in your life. And you might be like us and find that there's a few challenges that you're ready to take up and experiment with. And of course, if you do decide to do that, we would love to hear from you on social media. So Rebecca, remind us where our awesomes can find you all around the web. Well, you can find me at simplyrebecca.com where I talk about parenting, money-saving tips, and natural living. And then you can find me on all methods of social media at simplyrebecca. That's right. And really quickly, before I remind you of my social media places where I hang out, Don't forget that Sort of Awesome now is part of the Wondery Network, which we are so thrilled about and super excited to be a part of. As part of that, Wondery would like to get to know you awesomes a little bit better. So if you have not yet gone over and taken their survey, go to wondery.com slash survey. Again, link in the show notes for you. And just tell them a little bit about who you are so they are getting to know the awesome community as well as we get to know you. So if you want to find me on social media, I'm at Sort of Awesome Meg on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the show on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show, and you can find us on Facebook anytime at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffert, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at SortaAwesomeShow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at progermusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.